0: Welcome to the Center for Spiritual Living Asheville podcast. In each episode, we'll delve into the wisdom of spiritual teachings of the science of mind and universal metaphysical principles inspired by Ernest Holmes and other renowned spiritual teachers. Join us as we explore empowering stories, embrace the power of love and higher consciousness, and walk the path to a more awakened life through the lens of New Thought Spirituality. Enjoy.
1: So, you might gather from our reading and from our uh, song that today I'm going to be talking a little bit about letting go. And you might think, well, uh, isn't this month about the quantum life? And my talk title is Quantum You How to Utilize Wisdom and Discernment for a Quantum Life. This is the secret. This is what I want to tell you. It is about letting go. It is about letting go of all of the things that keep us from embracing our highest and best self. So today, I'm gonna share with you a few ways that you can do that. I'm gonna start with a quote from Dr. Joe Dispenza. I know that many of you are familiar with him. I've uh, studied his work many different times. And what he has to tell us is the quantum field responds not to what we want. It responds to who we are being. So it, may, it is not what we want in our heart that comes into our life. It's who we are being in life. Now, the magic is when those are the same things, right? And then things start unfolding rapidly. The difficult part is that we're people, and we don't always do life, you know, in the way that we want to. We can go to bed at night, do our, get ready, do our prayers, do our meditation, write in our gratitude journal all these wonderful spiritual practices that support our principles, that support what we want in here. And we sleep on it. We wake up, and we might repeat that same process. And we are set to have the most magnificent day. And then the phone rings. Or we get in our car to drive somewhere. And it's those little things that start edging away and getting us farther from what's in here. That phone call that may not have been what you wanted to hear. Even if it was, it still distracted you from that place that you hadn't quite gotten to yet. You're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off and it makes you angry. Or they don't signal and you almost hit them and it makes you angry. And you don't think maybe they're just a bad driver, which they could be. This, this is a challenging town to drive in. A um, lot of horn honking. And uh, it takes a lot of resolution to not get involved into how other people drive. So that's my, my challenge to you. But what we may not think is maybe that person that cut us off is shook because they've gotten some bad news about a family member maybe they're late to work and they're rushing to get there because if they're late one more time they're going to lose their job we don't know what's going on in other people's lives so in this in this thought process of giving a talk on quantum driving down the road, sometimes I get a little distracted. And I may have gotten honked at once or twice this week, and That's OK. Because quantum keeps building on itself. There is no more a way that I could cut off it, all the quantum thoughts that I was having until I give this talk than anything, because that's what quantum does. It builds upon itself. I'm going to read you one more quote, because these two are going to be the foundation for the rest of what I say today. And this is from Tagore. I won't say his first name. It's just too hard, okay? Um, The small wisdom is like a water in a glass, clear, transparent, and pure. Sometimes I think in science of mind, we get to looking at that clear glass, at that small wisdom, and our spiritual practices, and our spiritual principles, and we say, yes, I have arrived. He goes on to say, the great wisdom is like the water in the sea, dark, mysterious, impenetrable. That's what I want. That's where music comes from. That's where great books and great songs come from. And there's nothing wrong with living in a small mind unless your heart and your calling and that thing that you want is bigger If that is what you want, you have got to let go of the need to hold on tightly to everything you believe, everything you've taught, and you have got to step into those mysterious dark waters because that's where the beauty is. That's where the magic is. That's where Ernest Holmes lived. I think he was born with a great mind. So today I'm going to describe a little bit about what, to you, what the quantum is to you. Um, Max Planck and Niels Bohr got Nobel Peace Prizes for their work in physics. And quite frankly, that's as far as I'm going to go because I'll invite you to look up because I don't want to spend our time talking about that type of science. Um, they got a Nobel Peace Prize for their work in physics. In 1919... Ernest Holmes wrote his first book, Creative Success. It's about 80 pages long, 72, I forget. In 1919, he was very young, it says at all. It is the magic from which everything came from. The point I want to make to you is that this quantum physics and Ernest Holmes happened at the same time in different places in the world. And you don't find the word quantum in any of the science of my books because it hadn't gotten there yet. And I want to support this thought by saying many years ago there was a thing called the Acid Age. How many of you have heard of the the Axial Age? Excuse me, The Axial Age is when Confucius lived, Buddha lived, a couple of the other greats lived in different parts of the world at the same time from which Buddhism came from which the Tao came from, or uh, Taos came from, um, they lived at the same time, and they called it the Axial Age at the time because they believed it all happened together at the same time because the axis of the Earth. Well, science being science, it's a wonderful thing until it's not, said, oh, that's a little (laughs) woo-woo. We're all about the woo-woo, right? And so they stepped away from it. Great things happen when great people who are willing to live in the great wisdom of who they came to be live at the same time. I'm going to share two of my people. I'm sure you all know people who you think they are a quantum you, they've lived a quantum life, and maybe you want what they have. And of course, the first one is Ernest Holmes, our founder, right? He came into this world with this, this wanting mind, the wanting to know more, the not fitting in quite so well. Ernest Holmes didn't have an easy life. We've talked about this before. But I want to talk about it again. He was the youngest of nine brothers, of which he is grateful, because he has been known to say, if there was a sister in the mix there, he doesn't know what would have happened to his wardrobe <laughs> from the hand-me-downs, right? There were times when they lived in a cave. One time in their life, they were so poor. They grew up sometimes without enough money, enough food, enough food, never enough money, enough food. But what they had was a mother, and this mother did what we talked about in class this week. Some of my students will recognize this, the God qualities. Light with a capital L, life with a capital L, love with a capital L. Ernest Holmes had a mother who was love with a capital L. She raised her children in the most loving, happy, joyous, beautiful home that a child could ever want. It had nothing to do with material things. It wasn't focused on the things that we think sometimes are so important. And with that support from his mother and his inquisitive mind, he was able to evolve and express himself. That's why we're here, right? We're not here for the fun and games of life. Ernest Holmes tells us that in all of his his uh, books. We're here to evolve. Ernest Holmes was full on about evolving. He, he only went to school up through sixth grade or middle school. I think Reverend Susie has, has said that before as well. And he didn't continue school because he couldn't sit there. He was fidgety. His brain was moving. He had other things that he needed to be doing that was more important. Does that sound familiar? Because in today's word, they have a diagnosis for that. <laughs> they have a medication for that. They have a special classroom for that child so that they can learn to behave in the square that we've called normal. Ernest Holmes was lucky. He didn't live during those times. He was able to fully express himself and did his very first spiritual mind treatment when he was 19 or 20 years old, and he didn't even know what it was he had done. So I think Ernest Holmes, who changed the way religion has looked at, at the time, globally, and today, is quite deserving of a title of having lived a quantum life. The other person that I'm going to talk about, you might disagree, and I'm hoping if you do, you give me a minute to talk it out. And that is this year's Time Person of the Year. Anybody want to tell me who that is? That's right. You all know it's Taylor Swift. And one might think, well, she's sort of about the music, and how does that get to be a Time Person of the Year? And some of you may have read it. I have followed Taylor off and on since the first time I saw her. I follow Taylor, not her music. I don't really, I'm not that familiar with her music. And um, she grew up in a home where there was an abundance. She didn't lack for anything. But what she had was a mother with that big L love. She had a dad with that big L love. She had a grandmother who was an opera singer. And parents wise enough to realize that their child had a God-given talent to express and become. And when she started writing songs as a small child, singing in church, and doing things, they supported her 100% on her journey. There was no one to say, no, you've got to go sit in school, or no, you have to go do this. They fully supported Taylor and who she was doing. So she became a a country music, because that's what she did. right? And she was scheduled for her first big thing, right? You know where this is going, the first really big disappointment of someone who's trying to live their highest and best dream, no matter what that is. She was scheduled to go on a Kenny Chesney tour as the opening act. And days or weeks before they went on the tour, the family discovered she couldn't go, she couldn't go because she was 17 and it was a beer tour, right? Huge disappointment. But Taylor didn't let that stop her. She proceeded with her band. They continued singing. They continued life as it was before. There was no stopping or waiting or thinking about or reevaluating is this my right and right journey? She just kept moving forward. And at the end of this hugely successful tour, Kenny Chesney sent her a card and a check for more money than she had ever seen in her life. And she took that money and she used it for the work that she was doing. She used it for the band, for the people, to create a better life for all of them. Now, to tell you the truth, that's probably not why Taylor Swift was nominated Time Woman of the Year. Taylor Swift has a business model that is being taught at Harvard and other major universities. Why, you may ask? Because it's a billion-dollar business model. This person has used and been steadfast with all of the qualities of God that are put within every human being, and she has kept going in spite of conflict in spite of no's. She's been nominated for over 1,200 awards. Can you imagine? 1,200 awards. You know how many of them she's won? About 600. So she's only hitting about 50%. (laughs) How do we feel when we're hitting about 50%, right? We start getting a little discouraged, a little, you know, maybe I need to sit back and rethink and reevaluate. Maybe not. Maybe we step out of our small wisdom, and have the courage to step into our great wisdom. I want you to think about that for just a minute. So what does that look like? Can we be honest here for a minute? Can I, can I make it be uncomfortable for us for just a minute? Thank you. It looks like criticism Wow, why did they wear that today? That that looks a bit odd. Or going up to someone that you know is having a hard time and saying, Hey, I was wondering how so-and-so is doing. And it's not coming from a place of love. We are people, and sometimes as people we get caught up in what's called character assassination. Assassination. And that is when we seek information about other people for the express purpose of sort of throwing them under the bus because maybe we're having a bad day. Am I guilty of it? Absolutely. Everybody's guilty of it. As a minister, I have found it to be even more challenges, more challenging because people come up to me and say, hey, have you heard how so-and-so is going, doing? And I have had to stop, take a breath, and say, where is this question coming from? Is this question coming from a place of love? Is this question coming from a place of gossip? Is this, is this question coming from a place of it's none of your business, right? We're invited to make those those things. So sometimes you might come up, and I was talking to someone on the phone the other day, and they said, well, how is so-and-so doing? Because they had just gone through some really difficult times. And I said, I think that it would be a really good time for you to call them and ask them how they're doing. So we're given opportunities every day to build our spiritual community by honoring every person who has the courage to be here, every person who has to be, that's online, every person who's willing to say yes, Breezy, who was willing to say yes to singing my favorite song and melody for supporting it. It takes courage to, and being steadfast to be our highest and best self every day, all the time, without exception. Now, you might think that maybe sometime in my past, I dreamed that I would be up here talking to you. I, I, that never happened because that was too far removed from what, of anything I ever thought was possible. But when we're on our road and we're steadfast and we stay in the goodness that is God, that is all that there is, it has no opportunity to do anything but be good. So the last thing I'm going to share with you today is, it's a personal story. I'm going to ask your permission and assume that you've given it to share it. This person that you see here today 10 years ago was very sick. Not only was I physically sick, I was spiritually and morally sick. There was no reason for me to want to continue to, in this life because I had no purpose. I had lost it. And I was on the road. I was taking the steps to become a better person, to reawakening that spiritual passion that was in with me my whole entire life until I lost it. And I was someplace and I found a book. And the title of this book is called The Wisdom to Know the Difference. It's written by a beautiful woman named Eileen Flanagan, endorsed by the Dalai Lama. It's got to be a good book, right? She talks about at the beginning of this book, she's Irish, how Back in the day, the Irish fishermen believed that if they were going to die, they were going to die. There was nothing that could be done about it. That if the God of the sea was going to claim them while they were fishing, they were going to die. So they didn't learn how to swim. Why learn how to swim? Because you believed with every piece of your being that the right thing was going to happen. So what the Irish women did was they patterned sweaters. In a certain pattern that only that family could use. So that if that person did indeed drown, their bodies could be claimed. They were living their highest and best self. Right? I, I'm assuming it's not that way anymore, but we, where are we in today's world of growing? The part of this book that changed my life is, and I'm going to read it. It's been a part of my faith journey to learn the spirituality of acceptance, realizing that there are times when letting go and trusting are the best I can do. This does not mean adopting the passivity of the fisherman, surrendering my destiny to fate. It simply means recognizing that while I chart my own course in life, I I don't control the sea around my little boat. That's what got me. I didn't know I was in a little boat. I didn't know that I had control over the destiny of where I was going. I thought I was on this massive flow with everyone else and that we were just all being tossed about unless you were lucky enough to not be in that part of the boat that may be and there was no life jacket. When I read those words, my life changed forever. I had that aha moment. You know what that aha moment is? It's a quantum leap. That is the importance of the quantum. It took everything I knew and everything I believed and it threw it together in two seconds and completed my belief about my life and myself and my possibility. And that's all it takes for any of us. She goes on to say, I can't guarantee that I won't ever get knocked into the waves, though I can learn to swim if I do. I found that recognizing both my power and my powerfulness is, vu- is useful when facing life storms. As a grandmother, I was driving, or with my kids, we were watching America Ninja Jr. And I said, Why are the boys competing against the girls? And they looked at me oddly, like, Why would I ask them that? And they said, Well, they're matched up. And they went on to, explain the physics of why they're they're six they're eight seven and ten or nine they went on to explain why the physics of well the girls legs are longer and then and this is this about the boys and in my heart I wanted to say no that's not true that's not true that's not how I want my grandchildren to grow up but it is a different world in which we live it is my boat that I choose to sell. It is my decisions I choose to support those children and what they believe and what they're taught. And my thoughts and my opinions and my judgments can be put over here. So I invite you today. We have some people that are going to be making some quantum decisions to help lead our center. And I ask each of you and I ask each of them to say, is this mine to do? To know within that this is your calling that you have been called to do. Have you been called to go into the great wisdom or is it more comfortable in the small wisdom? Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed this enlightening voyage with the Center for Spiritual Living Asheville podcast series filled with metaphysical talks inspired by the science of mind teachings of Ernest Holmes and other renowned spiritual teachers. If today's exploration resonated with you and you'd like to support the continuation of this insightful journey, please consider making a donation. Your generosity helps us to continue to share these transformative teachings, to contribute Check the episode's description for a link to our donation page. Every contribution, no matter the size, makes a meaningful impact. Remember, you are not alone on this journey. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts, and join our community at our live events whenever you're able. May your mind be expanded, your heart opened, and your journey be filled with the profound wisdom of these spiritual teachings.